0: They remind me of your mother. It's the laser eyes. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you.
1: and Ghosts. It's finally Spooktober. This is Not a Bomb podcast. I am one of your ghoulish hosts, Troy, and with me also is... um, You're not really a final girl, right, Brad? Final guy? Is that how we classify you? I mean, you're gonna... (laughs) Now, horror movie, you're gonna live probably before me. I I mean, I'm not gonna make it. You'll make it.
0: Uh, Spoiler alert, I was... A jock in high school, so I would actually probably be one of the first ones to die.
1: Oh yeah, so, you're gone. So I, yep. I, was the nerd. I, I'm yeah, I'm gonna live. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. I'd be the final cabin girl. The,
0: if we're cabin in the woodsing this, which makes me Chris Hemsworth. Yes. Um, I, uh, I drive a motorcycle into an invisible uh, force field.
1: Okay. Cool. Well, hey, I, you know, already it's a great episode because I found out I'm gonna outlive you in a horror movie yeah <laughs> hey how you doing man I'm, I'm excited about this month i mean we yeah had a lot of fun doing donnie yen um and uh the it man series but it it is officially spooked over we are in scary movie month
0: we are and i don't know about you but i've already kind of just dove on into the horror movies already this month so i'm uh you know i love october i love the fall um, I'm not a pumpkin spice latte person. I don't know if you are, Troy, but I I do love a good um good fall weather and I I love horror movies, which we'll get into more later.
1: Yes, did you um do you have a horror movie that you kind of kick off with the season that you always watch every year?
0: This year it was Chopping Mall. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so uh but no, like my regulars, my wife and I always watch the original Texas Texas Chainsaw. We always watch The Shining uh conjuring is like in our rotation every month so you know we try to um kind of expand and see something new every october but we always kind of fall back on those really like comfort food movies that you know being scared is uh very subjective um so when you find the ones that you know really kind of get you you kind of stick with them so
1: yeah well our family every year i think we kick it off we'll watch it a couple times this month but tucker and dale versus evil it's it's one of our favorites um probably falls within the more comedy than it is horror but i I mean in terms of comedy horror films it's it's the best one ever made um
0: agreed i i think it it it, it's nice because it it knows what it is but it also is really smart yes um, when it could be you know really kind of dumb because it's making fun of a lot of dumb horror tropes but it does it so well um but yeah, that's that's a really good movie. So. well, today I know you love it. I, I <laughs> love
1: it. Absolutely love it. Today, you we're back to, instead of just doing the entire month um, with a film series, we're back to a rotation where on the odd episodes, you're picking, and on the even I'm picking, and you're kicking off Spooktober, um, and you decided to pick Chopping Mall. Now, before we get into, because I'm really curious <laughs> why you picked this one, before we get into um, talking about this week's movie... I, I think we have some feedback email you wanted to go over. We do.
0: We do. Because this kind of ties into horror stuff. Um, again, this is from Ben from California. Hey, Ben. Um, he says, I know you guys have hinted at it, but what is the origin story of Brad and Troy's friendship? Thanks again, and keep up the great work. So, Troy. Yes. I am, well, Now, it's been like 12 years. Mm-hmm. But I think the story goes like this. I believe you met our friend Charlie at a horror hound that I could not attend. Uh,
1: Yes. It was my first one. I was. Okay. I I went by myself. Um, I was listening to a couple of podcasts um, and specifically Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with, I think, uh, Caesar mentioned last week and um, Night of the Living Podcast uh, and got introduced to um, Kelly, Amy, Andy, Freddie, that whole crew, Mike. Um, and they introduced me to Charlie and Michael Neal and, and just that small circle of friends. Yeah. Um, and, and for those that aren't familiar, horror hound is like a film festival convention that specifically is, you know, just geared around spooky films, but it's more Midwest, um, type festival.
0: It's usually like a Cincinnati Indianapolis sort of rotation, obviously not this year, but.
1: Yep, and my first visit was Indianapolis. Um, okay, specifically to see somebody who canceled, but I'm not going to say who that is mm. because it's still better. It well, no it it may uh, it may play into something later when we talk oh. about my pick for next week. But uh, so okay. I, I don't I don't want to give it away.
0: So to elaborate a little bit more, you met Charlie. Yes, again, I I was not there.
1: Um you you yeah I I had heard about you I literally you, it was the one missed you missed one. you were there like yeah. uh the year before um because yeah. you and Charlie had gone to this before Uh-huh and the one year that you didn't go is is my first year where yeah. I met Charlie Yes. Yeah.
0: So Charlie comes back in and literally is glowing about meeting this guy named Troy um and immediately it's like Brad you and him would get along so well you're like perfect for each other. Yes. So you know I'm thinking I'm going to meet my soulmate um, <laughs> The next year rolls around and I do meet Troy, and it is true. Um he and I A, you know, we we like the same horror movies, but also action films and Hong Kong films and stuff like that. So you and I were basically, you know, attached at the hip for three days. We I think we shared a hotel room together well yeah you know with
1: other people let's not get everybody the same but yes it wasn't (laughs) um and it wasn't that also yeah
0: it wasn't that intimate the first time I, i don't um but i will say that um you know you and i um you know we were you know pretty pretty compatible from the beginning and you know it's it's also helps that you're a pretty nice guy so ah, thanks um, that well, helps. no
1: you're you're absolutely right i mean when as soon as we met um i don't think we spent like a minute apart that entire i mean heck we were all sleeping in the same hotel room too so 24 hours straight i mean we're just you know sharing stories talking about our families and um what's interesting is at that time i was living in southern indiana so you were about an hour and a half away yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, from then on, we've just always seen each other. Our families know each other, you know, yep. kids, yep. wives. Um, it, it's been, uh, it's been awesome ever since. And in Horror Hound, we, we always go together, um, and, uh, with Charlie and sort of a small group, but I, I'd encourage anybody. I mean, if, if you like that genre, I've been to a couple of different conventions. That one seems, um, I, it's one of my favorites, just because from a movie experience. I mean, you know, there's celebrities and cool stuff that you meet, but yeah. I've always found some of the movies that they end up showing have have been some of my favorites. So that's actually where I discovered Tucker and Dale, uh, because oh, yeah. they were showing a work print, um, and the effects weren't done, the soundtrack wasn't done, but I got to see it there, and and even with all that stuff not complete, like an unfinished film, um, I thought it was a near perfect film. <laughs> and then a year later, when it when it came out, it um, it, it was fantastic, but yeah, that's, that's how we met.
0: Yeah. Um, Ben, if, God, if you ever like,
1: get to the Midwest, Ben, we'll, we'll take you to around. It, it's, yeah, it's a blast. That
0: was, I remember also like, you know, I was 26 at the time, so I was able to drink a lot more and not, and literally get up the next day and do it again. And Troy would literally just kill a person cause he was constantly going, so
1: yes not not so much anymore age has caught up to
0: us (laughs) yeah yeah lots of good Um, stories man yeah okay next bit of feedback Ooh, another one cool (laughs) says hey there bombers this is jeff from indianapolis oh hey jeff i don't know if i know this person or not do you know this person do you know jeff
1: yeah i don't know but he's in indianapolis so he's cool
0: yeah uh what did it say love the show and i always seem to learn something new about uh, the movie you discuss. <clears throat> That's probably from choice, all of choice research. Um, anyway, my question is if you could have a sequel to any movie and I'm assuming this is a movie that already doesn't have a sequel. Um, what would it be? So a movie that doesn't have a sequel that you want to see a sequel to.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Right off the, right off the bat, I want to say inception for me.
1: Inception, really? Um, Okay.
0: Yeah, because I think it's was such a cool idea that you could kind of do, you know, something the same but different the next time. Um, I just love that idea, and I watched Inception not too long ago because I feel like Inception now people are like kind of gone back on it and I sleep on it a little bit now, right? And I think it's one of the most brilliant films that's been out in the last twenty years. Um, So. Yeah, I, I love Inception more so now than actually when it came out. So that would be my answer, Inception. Oh. That's just my gut reaction.
1: Uh, that's a tough one because I, I feel like all the all the films that um are out there have a sequel and, or a reboot in some regard. Um, the two that come to mind, and I, it, so this is a hard question for me because the these two films i think stand on their own are just perfect but i would love to see more and specifically well, let me just talk about one film and i i know somebody has bought the rights to it um specifically dwayne johnson the rock uh and i don't know if he's Ooh. doing a reboot or a sequel but the the film I know what you're gonna say yeah the, I know what you're gonna say <laughs> the film that i've always wanted to see more of this character specifically is jack burton and big trouble yes big trouble big trouble in little china i i love that character um absolutely love that film um i i thought it was a gate i thought it'd be like the perfect gateway drug for people to kind of discover hong kong cinema to a certain degree um but you know put that aside kurt russell in that role um defines like what it is to be the coolest action um hero ever i mean he's just he's a he's He's a bumbling idiot, um, but at the same time saves the day. And I yeah. and and I I like the Boom Studio comic book series that they've done afterwards. It's it's a lot of fun, but I would just love to see Kurt Russell do that. Um, I was a little heartbroken when Dwayne Johnson bought the rights and was talking about a sequel or reboot or something because I'm like, well, it's not Kurt Russell, so yeah, I would love to go back I mean, in a time machine and have Kurt Russell do a sequel.
0: We got like state twice why can't we get jack burton twice i agree yeah
1: the other one i'll just mention it i would love to see because i love this film is barry gordy's the last dragon um that was another one that uh i I, it's such a fun film and um there was a time uh, i think it was at the baltimore comic-con we ran into a couple of artists and they were developing a comic series on um show enough um, and it was called the Shogun of Harlem. So they were selling like print covers and, and stuff that they were pitching, but I don't think it ever got off the ground. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys are listening. I would love to know what happened to this <laughs> series. This was last year when we ran into them and I think they were talking about it, but their pitch or their idea, um, cause in the last dragon, you know, you show enough is, is sort of the the villain and what they wanted to do was sort of do a prequel. Um, and kind of talk about how he rose to be the Shogun of Harlem (laughs) and I'm like that is a fantastic idea Um, and they were going to do it in a comic book series but those are the two films that you know one I would love to see a sequel to Big Trouble in Little China and two um, as soon as I heard that comic book pitch for The Last Dragon which was you know that that prequel I want to see a prequel to The Last Dragon okay those are good questions man thank you man yeah that was awesome they're not my
0: questions. They're people smarter than me.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> that was Jeff and Ben, right? Yes. Yes, you guys rock. Thank you so much. And, and um, Brad, we'll, we'll talk about it again at the end of the show. But if anybody else wants to send suggestions or questions, um, it's it's going to be tough to top those. Those are good. But where, where would they send that?
0: That is uh, notabombpodcast at gmail.com. And I will, um, while we're talking about it our social media has been a little bit more lively in the past little bit so your daughter's doing a great job uh, So yeah she's doing her with performance it. review she will uh get a gold star from me sweet <clears throat> I'm, I'm now i'm not her father so <laughs> no, might be a
1: harsher critic she's having fun with it so it, it's uh Good. it's it's cool to under you know she's actually researched it a little bit and is like oh this is how this stuff works and this is how you promote it, and this is how you use Twitter versus Instagram. So I'm I'm learning a lot just watching her doing it. So yeah, big shout out to uh, Angel. Um, if you wanna if you wanna hear her, go back and listen to the Zodiac episode because she got to come on the show. She'll be on again in the future. Um, she's got a couple of movies. She's chomping at the bit to talk about. But tonight, Brad, we are here um, to kick off Spooktober with um, I, just a pick I did not see coming. To be quite honest. Um, you chose 1986 chopping mall. Where did this come from?
0: Um, so chopping mall is one of those movies that I lived pretty close to a blockbuster, um, growing up. And this is one of those movies that you looked at the cover and it was always one of those ones that when my mom's like tapping her watch saying, okay, come on, let's go. We need to pick something. I would get to chopping mall um, every <laughs> once in a while because I thought the the case was so cool. You know, this is VHS days, so um, it, you know, I, I, would, the case, I would pick it up.
1: The case was the image of the movie poster, right? When they yeah, released yeah. it, okay. <clears throat> yes.
0: Yeah, so it wasn't Killbots, which, you know, this was originally called Killbots. This was the chopping mall with the when shopping cost you an arm and a leg. Yes. Um, with the hands, which None of that really applies to the movie. But it's such a good um, poster how they It's such they a good poster. It, yeah. <laughs> like and yeah, Chopping Mall is such a great title and such a great poster. Um and, you know, I I had seen it a few times in the last few years. It's so easy to watch because it's uh 76 minutes. Yes. Um I was thinking about it today. I I went for a run this morning and I literally ran longer than the the runtime of this movie, which is like, okay. Um so anyway, it's uh it's one of those ones that, you know, I it's infinitely revisitable because revisitable? Is that a word? It's it is now. Congrats. You can, go, Congrats. Yeah, you can <laughs> go back and revisit it. Um and it uh it's just kind of fun.
1: I, I agree. What's funny is I I think when Spooktober's over, um you're gonna end up picking two films. Um I think we know your next one. I'm gonna end up picking two films. You have no idea what I'm picking. No. and um, through the course of it, we're we're gonna end up trying to um, touch a bunch of different genres within horror and and I would have to say like that's one of my favorite things about this genre when when you get into to horror movies, you can go all over the place um, yeah. from comedy to um, something that's very serious and political all the way to dramatic to goofy I mean it it runs the gambit things have are, are very special effects heavy versus things that don't have special effects at all, you know, like the cat people or haunting or, you know, the original haunting, stuff like that. Yeah. Um this one, what falls within the well, it's a very specific genre, which is like killer robot movies. And you would yes. think that there's not a lot of killer robot movies. There are a lot of killer robot movies. There are. Um, and would you would you consider this um under the comedy horror genre?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, my wife watched this with me, um, for the first time. Um, and after she got done watching it, her first question was, was that a horror movie? And, um, you know, I kind of had to explain, well, you know, in the eighties there was like horror comedies and it was a little bit more loosey goosey with the horror term. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if people died and there was some, you know, antagonist that was not human, It was pretty much a horror movie. So, um, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, specifically, Killer Robots. Um, What – I think you and I were talking about this because we were a little shocked when, you know, you just go to Google and you go Killer Robot movies. And there's so many of them. Um, So, we thought it would be a good idea to maybe talk about our favorite ones, like the top three. So, if we were to rank them, like, one to three – and we'll we'll probably start with our least favorite out of the three – Um what what's your number three, Brad, of the killer robot genre?
0: Mine um is number three would be Robocop. Oh uh, from nineteen eighty seven. Okay. Um I love the original Robocop. I love uh the satire of it.
1: He's not really so he's a killer, you think? I mean he kills the bad guys, I get that, but
0: yeah, have you seen him? Yeah,
1: but I mean okay.
0: He's the killer, yeah. He's the killer. He kills people, yeah. All right, and he's a robot, okay. What else do you want? Uh, No, you're right. You hit the definition. (laughs) He's a robot and he kills. Okay. He is a killer killer robot. robot.
1: Okay, good. Um, My number three, I'm curious if you've ever seen this one. So um, have you seen Color of Outer Space, right? The Nicolas Cage film that just came out that was directed by Richard Stanley?
0: So everyone really loved Mandy. Yeah. And I don't know if I am an idiot and I just don't like Mandy. So I didn't then go watch that movie because i'm not uh i think i'm done with nicholas cage
1: oh well mandy's okay i mean color of out of color of out of space i think is the proper title it it's interesting um, okay and it, it's you know hp lovecraft source material but richard stanley he did this film um, right the beginning of 1990 and i, I always like this because it's a post-apocalyptic killer robot um and its 1990s hardware have you ever seen hardware
0: Yes yes
1: uh, I think okay. Dermot Mulroney Rony. yeah is in it at some point but um, I always love that film I mean it's it it is a bit of a slow burn but the concept mm-hmm. and the visuals and the cinematography and I, I think Richard Stanley just did a fantastic like um, independent scary movie um, with killer robots and, and the whole premise is they bring some pieces back um, from the wasteland and one of those pieces happens to be like this militaristic, Robot that puts itself together and then tries to, um, you know, kill everybody that's in this apartment. So um, that—that's my number three pick.
0: I want to say that. I want to say that VHS covers like green with like orange that says like yeah yeah okay yeah yep it's fun I'm a, I think I'm a visual they, person
1: they re- released like this really cool blu-ray special edition of it with a lot of extra features i mean richard oh, stanley wow. is an interesting character on his own um if you just go back and look at uh, the film he tried to do uh, island of dr moreau and then it ended up getting kicked <sighs> off of it i mean that that whole documentary on just that that documentary is fantastic, is fantastic. Yeah. but that's I love that's that richard stanley so yeah what's your number um, two man
0: my number 2 is from 1995. It's an anime film. It is called Ghost in the Shell. Ooh. Um, oh. Lots of uh lots of killer robots, lots of cyborgs, lots of rogue AIs. Did, uh, did
1: you pick that just because you watched the 4K recently?
0: It's it's on my mind because that 4K is really good. Um I actually don't mind that was it 2017 remake with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. I don't think it's as bad as people say. I do think that it's bad that they whitewash the main character but um take that out of the equation I, I think it's fine um you know it it doesn't I don't know the visuals are so striking uh with an anime and I think they captured some of it um it's just you know they're not gonna get everything correct but I, I did enjoy it but ghost in the shell is I mean behind Akira you know my second favorite anime I, I mean I know they're literally one and two like most famous but they're famous for a reason because they're they're amazing. Amazing, um, you know the Wachowskis. Pretty much say Ghost in the Shell is one of the way one of the reasons why they came up with the Matrix and yep. all this stuff. So, you know it's an important film, um, and it's actually you know even more relevant now with the uh, 4K out. So,
1: that's my number two. That's a good pick. That's so good. Um, mine is another one I grew up on, and uh, I I remember my my longest friend. Um, we just known each other growing up, Kevin, th- th- we rented this one all the time. It was 1984's Runaway with Tom Selleck and Gene Simmons, and it's directed by Michael Crichton. So it's if you remember the cover, it has Tom Selleck and I can't remember the lead actress, but it has those little spider robots going across okay. the but I mean, the whole idea is Tom Selleck is a police officer who um his his whole job is to um, take out killer robots. So robots that are going nuts in people's houses and malfunction and stuff like that. And Gene Simmons is this terrorist that is um, setting off all these robots and committing all these crimes with killer robots. And Tom Selleck has, has to stop him. I, I love that film.
0: What was up with Gene Simmons in the 80s being in films? I feel like he was in quite a few he was always films. The,
1: he, he was like one uh, in Dead or Alive with Redger Hauer. He was the villain. Yeah. And uh, oh, he, he was like... Is it Never Too Young to Die with John Stamos? Yeah. He was wacky in that one.
0: He was also in another horror movie. I want to say it, was, it wasn't... I don't I don't remember. But yeah, it seemed like in the 80s they were trying to make Gene Simmons an actor. Um, <laughs> and it didn't work out.
1: He's fun in Runaway. All right, num- Troy, number, my number one. one. I know what your number one is. Go it's ahead. It's Blade Runner. Yeah, it's Blade Runner. Of course it is.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't. But I almost... So... I almost put star Wars at number three because Darth Vader is a killer robot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I did. Okay. But I did. All right. All right. Um, but no blade runner is, and you know, if you're playing at home, if you're playing the not a bomb reference game, uh, take a drink. Cause I said blade runner, but yeah, I, I worship that movie so much. I think it's, um, it gets better every time I see it. So,
1: so I've, I I've it. never asked you this cause we've, we talk about it quite a bit. And even, even when the sequel came out, I know you and I were going nuts over it, but, is there a preferred cut of Blade Runner? Because you know what? There's like 18 different versions of it out there. Do you have a preferred version of Blade Runner?
0: I like the director's cut. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. Well, my number one, I, I think it's pretty obvious. Um, I think it, I think in my opinion, it's the best killer robot ever. And um, it's a little film. It did start a bit of a franchise, um, but it, it, you know, I, I think it's a horror movie. Um, it, the first one is definitely um it's does a the star of big Austrian? it does mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's 1984's the Terminator um James Cameron's the Terminator. I just love that film I, I think I, it's, I will it's great. I will
0: say growing up um T2 was my favorite growing up mm-hmm. because it was more fun um I've gone back and seen the the original the Terminator and think it's literally like one of the best. Slasher films of yes. all time. You know, it's not a he doesn't slash people to death, but he the Terminator is like the shape going through that movie, um and I think it works as a horror movie fantastically.
1: Yeah, I do too. I mean, that's sorry, I, was... I
0: I stole your pick, so keep going. No, no, this right. <laughs> I just
1: it's 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 a great killer robot um film. It's a great science fiction film. Um, it's got some amazing action sequences in it too. Um, and and when you look at it compared to Terminator two, I, you know, Terminator budget wise versus everything that came out uh, after it, it looks like an independent film. Um, and it just has a gritty lean, you know, just feel to it. And it's very visceral. And like you said, it, it, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger for all intent and purposes is the Michael Myers, the Jason Voorhees. Um, but he's just a robot and he's unstoppable. And I love that premise. Um, and you know what if they never made a sequel past that I, I would it would be fine. it works as a great film,
0: yeah, but I think that's what's so great about the sequel is they don't lean on the horror aspect of that oh it. They yeah kind not of at go all. a little bit
1: more it's its own thing
0: yeah and and i I love t two um i they keep going back to that well man they keep going it's just <laughs> they do. it's not gonna work it's a time and a place
1: I, I agree it you know stop making the sequels, just let it be man. Um, well let's talk about chopping mall this, this one's a fun killer robot movie if if you can say that I guess. Um, now Brad, I, I think there's a little bit of history to this one so uh, the whole premise of the show is to kind of um, appreciate the underappreciated films right and yes. and look to the ones that maybe when they initially came out were a bomb or just bad reviews and, and they're really you know undeserved bad reviews. Uh, this one has an odd history when it came out you kind of mentioned it already. When it first came out, it had a different title, right?
0: Yeah, it was called Killbots originally. so film comes out. Now I couldn't find if Killbots had come out like like when it originally comes out, so chopping Mall, they say chopping Mall comes out in March of '86. Um, I don't know if that's kind of saying no, Killbots comes out in March of '86. Um, they just kind of changed it right um, because they changed the the name of it for the home video. Um, but comes out, doesn't do well. What do you think the budget of this movie is?
1: Um, I like $1986. Yeah. There, there's actually some pretty good special. There's one really good special effects that I think is where all the money went. Yes. But I wouldn't be surprised if you said like a million, $2 million. It it just feels like
0: 800,000, which I, I think wow. You would consider this like a small budget horror movie in 1986. They're spending almost a million dollars. That's a Roger Corman
1: production, too, which seems kind of expensive for a Roger Corman production.
0: Yeah, yeah, because he's known to make, you know, movies for dirt cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so this movie originally, uh, Killbots, changed his name to um, Chopping Mall, actually has a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think um, a lot of people kind of saw the B moviness of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say give it a pass for what it is. I hate saying, you know, when people say, Oh, what were you expecting? Some kind of Oscar movie. <laughs> but you know, sometimes you want to see a movie that's just dumb. Yes. And it's okay. Um, this is that. And I think if you're in on it and you're willing to just, you know, let it be for 80 minutes, not even, um, you'll have a good time. Um, so 50% of Rotten Tomatoes is pretty good. Still, you know, considered rotten. Right. Um, I could not find, this is the first time I could not find what its box office return was. So I went to try to figure out what the top grossing films of 1986 was. And it has the first 200. Chopping Mall is not on it. But I I, I saw some interesting films that I've, I I want you to guess. What the? Can you guess any of the top three films? Not on of the spot. 1980s?
1: Not in no clue.
0: One of them stars your favorite actor,
1: Jackie Chan. Who,
0: well, American <laughs> actor, like under under five eight. He's a pilot. Tom Cruise. Yes, the highest grossing film in nineteen eighty six is Top Gun.
1: Yes. Oh well, that makes total sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then number two is Crocodile Dundee.
1: Uh, well, okay, yeah. Yeah. That was you um, know, I I totally forget how much that it was a phenomenon in yeah. the 80s and it, yes. how many sequels that thing has too even today. That I think one got released this year.
0: Yeah. Um number 3 was Karate Kid Part 2. Okay. And then again, here's another like this is so 1986. Back to School.
1: <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, so you of know, of course. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, Those are the top of the year yeah oh wow back to school did that well that that one surprised me
0: 91 million dollars for back to school
1: holy that's a lot in, of money in 86 in 1986 <laughs> yeah
0: so um yeah what else you want to know about it troy well um so i don't know how much it made but so there's i, I saw a lot of interviews where um the director said hey didn't do well at the box office but it did catch on in the home rental space and has probably kind of um, in the long run made money for whoever owns the rights now. I don't even know. So.
1: Yeah. And, and it's interesting cause you know, it, it came from a Roger Corman production company. So eighties to nineties Roger Corman was doing stuff that was either, you know, not widely distributed or was going to straight to video market. And I think one of the producers on the film was Julie Corman, which is Roger Corman's wife. His wife. Yep um Behind the scenes it's kind of interesting when you pick this movie I because I, one of the things I like to go back and research is well who made it you know how how did it come about who stars in it um the director Jim Wernerski I think I'm saying his name correctly yeah oh my goodness this guy's filmography is fantastic I'm I'm telling you I had so much fun just looking at the movies this guy made um it, it just made having to sit through Chopping Mall even better. Um, and, you know, I'll show my cards because now. I, I like I like Chopping Mall.
0: Yeah, I like Chopping Mall too. Uh, <laughs> he's a bit of a perv. We have to kind of get that out of the
1: way. Yes. Um, um, but he. what's funny is um, he starts in 84 with The Lost Empire. And I hear that's another like cheesy kind of goofy film. Yeah. Um, Chopping Mall is actually his second film he directed. Um, and he follows that up with Deathstalker 2. Uh, which I think is another Roger Corman production. And Uh I think, I believe, I remember seeing this way, way many years ago. It's, you know, the sword and sandals kind of Conan the Barbarian ripoff, right?
0: Yeah. Um, Does Uh, Big Bad
1: Mama 2, Not of this Earth. In 89, he does a sequel um, to Swamp Thing, and it's called Return of the Swamp Thing, right? I think that's the one with Heather Locklear. Uh, Transylvania Twist in 89, The Haunting of Morella in 1990 nine seven six evil two in 1991 um i think the first one was that robert england who directed nine seven six evil something like that i think
0: you're right okay
1: um in 92 does munchie in 94 ghoulies Four, um 95 sorceress now this is where his perviness starts to you know mid 90s it's really coming out Um, is this
0: when he gets into the hr blueberry uh almost but so
1: does sorceress in 95 which is some sleazy skinamax julie strain i think uh linda blair's Mm -hmm. in it you know um big breasted scary movie it's a boo yeah yeah um but after does you know 96 does vampirella um in 2000 now that this is where it gets good not only is you know his perviness coming out but he he's starting to say you know what I I need to capitalize on whatever the greatest trend is, and I'm going to do a parody of something. So in 2000, he does the Bear Winch Project, Mm -hmm. and you think, well, he does one of them, right? No. Um, Our director here, you know, it seems like every director has to have a saga or a franchise that they get behind. Um,
0: George Lucas had the saga. Yeah, so George
1: Lucas has his Star Wars films. Yeah. Jim here has the bear winch project because he followed the bear winch project up with bear winch project Two, scared topless in 2001. Didn't stop there. And in 2002 came out with the bear winch project, three nymphs of mystery mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're like, well, there's no more uh, story with the bear winch project. Nay, there is a lot more story because bear winch project uncensored comes out in 2003. And goodness gracious, you're like, that, that's that got to be it. Nope. In 2005, Bear Winch, the final chapter. Um, so uh, he really stretched that idea out as far as he could. Um, and some of the other things that he's done in here, um, House on Hooter Hill in 2007, I think that's where he started changing his name as H.R. Blueberry. Yeah. Um, the Da Vinci Co-Ed. Uh, I love these <laughs> titles that he's he's coming up that with. One's
0: pretty, that one's pretty good.
1: Oh, is it as good as um, Cleavage Field? 2009 mm. from cloverfield there you go yeah. or the devil wears nada, wears nada. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he's what's funny he does dino croc versus super gator in 2010 shark babes in 2015 now these next two films i did not expect to see in this filmography but I, he may have found jesus i don't know he did a doggone christmas in 2016 and a doggone hollywood in 2017
0: to like it goes like family friendly friends. yes
1: just totally you know i don't know um and then 2018 you know he's still making films he does cobra gator which i, I want to see that one so bad cobra alligator hybrid monster movie um yeah this is your director of chopping mall um and folks just go look at imdb and, and look at his filmography. There's tons of stuff on there. We didn't even talk about the Busty Cop series that started in 2004. There's like <laughs> that's like the lethal weapon of Cinemax films, I think. Um Yeah. Yeah, The yeah, Busty what Cops inter- Go Hawaiian. Yeah, what an interesting filmography. Um and then <sighs> Jim and uh his buddy Steve Mitchell wrote Chopping Mall. Um and the cast, Th- this is really interesting. So uh our our leading lady, the final girl, um Kelly Marooney, uh plays Allison Parks. What's interesting about her career? She's she's actually been in a lot of stuff, but from a cult movie perspective, I think people know her from Chopping Mall and one other film, Night of the Comet from 1984. Have you seen that film, Brad?
0: I do. I that's the trapped in a.
1: Well, it's like it's a zombie post-apocalyptic scenario, and nobody yeah. you know they're like the last girls on earth. Um, it, it's it's a fun movie. I mean, I I don't think it's aged well. But um, it definitely has that cult movie status.
0: Is that a is that a Christmas movie? Doesn't that take place around Christmas? Yeah, I think Can I think do it does. It? Okay. Yeah, okay. Maybe,
1: maybe we'll have to you know if we do a Christmas special, we'll do that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Tony Odell plays. I love this character's name, Ferdy. Ferdy Meisel?
0: Yeah, Ferdy. Ferdy. What is Ferdy? I, I
1: don't know. Um, and. Uh, I didn't know this. He was Jimmy in The Karate Kid. Uh, I assume Jimmy was part of the Cobra Kai team. I mean, he, when I saw his face, he looked so familiar.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um
1: yes. Yeah. Russell Todd plays Rick Stanton. Um, now, Russell Todd was in another famous horror franchise, Friday the 13th Part 2. Um, Carrie Emerson plays Linda Stanton. Um, and what's funny is if you go back, uh, on any of the commentaries or I I think Brad and you and I both watched it on, um, Blu-ray, the Vestron video collector series, which was the first one, um, chopping mall is number one out of this entire series. Uh, I, I believe, um, Carrie Emerson died, but the stories about her, apparently she was like one of the nicest people on earth. So that was sad to, uh, hear about um nick siegel plays greg williams john terlesky mike brennan we'll talk about mike here in a little bit um boy will we and there's two that are um i I would say cult film icons the first one barbara crampton um she has been in some iconic films specifically reanimator in 1985 Uh Um, she was also in from beyond in 86 puppet master in 1989 more recently, she was in a fantastic film. I think you and I have talked about this quite a bit. You're Next from 2011.
0: She was the mom, Yes. Eh? Um, okay. in okay. another
1: good film with her in it that's more recent, it's only four year, or five years old, is um, We Are Still Here in 2015. It's a fantastic, um, creepy little independent film. Okay. Um, and I got to bring this up because our good friend Brett Saxton loves this film, absolutely loves it. And I think we have raked him over the coals for his love of this film because um, – Oh, <laughs> Beyond the Gates. Beyond the Gates from 2016. <laughs> this is absolutely a horrible film, Brett. I don't know. Man, I wish you were on right now so that you so could be could, here to defend yourself. But you so um, could scold you online. Yeah, I just – I don't get it, Brett. Um, Beyond the Gates is a terrible film. But yet you champion that thing every Halloween season. I don't get it, man um uh, you know what maybe maybe we could start a pledge drive or something to get <laughs> brett help <laughs> for liking that film so much i don't yeah. know um and then the last person i want to talk about from a cast which was um an awesome surprise and i every time i watch this i forget he's in it is uh dick miller plays walter paisley so he's the janitor um that gets electrocuted while he's mopping up some um gunk in the mall was that supposed to be vomit? Uh, I don't know. It, there was marshmallows in it, I think. I, so I assume. <laughs> but if anybody wants to know, who Di- I mean, you got to know who Dick Miller is. Um, and Brad, did you ever see that documentary in 2014 called That Guy Dick Miller? I did not. You need to go watch that documentary. Okay. Um, he he's had a just amazing life. Um, but to hear his story, how he got into films, um, even the projects that he did with Roger Corman, um, and just you know, I know he's supposed to be like like a genius. Like you always
0: look at those. They always have those lists of like people who are in Hollywood that are actually really smart. I think he's like a PhD or something like that. Like it's, he's just, I don't he, know why I know that, but
1: what know. makes that documentary so much fun is just to hear him um, being interviewed and talk about his experiences. He's just a fun guy. Uh, and when you, when you sit back and you look at his filmography and everything he's been in, I mean the first film I can remember sort of recognizing Dick Miller was gremlins. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know Joe Dante you know uses them a lot. And then you go back and see all the Roger Corman films. I mean Dick Miller's been in so many things, but I highly recommend for anybody who just wants to see a, a, an amazing documentary about a character actor um, and and his lifespan. That guy Dick Miller from 2014 is fantastic. Okay, I, I think I watched that on Amazon Prime. So um, I don't know if it's still on there, but seek it out. De- definitely go watch that one. Huge recommendation. Um, and we He's were also- talking. Do what? He's also
0: was uh, did voice acting in I believe Batman the animated series. I think he was.
1: He's done everything.
0: He Boxy, Boxy Bennett. Okay, could be. I'll have to, yeah,
1: yeah, could be. I mean, if you go look at IMDb, it's like in a, a, z- a gazillion things. I don't know if that's a real <laughs> number, but it's there. It's Dick Miller, um, the composer Chuck Sereno, which we'll talk about that in a little bit when we talk about the soundtrack and the music, um, and. Some trivia about Chopping Mall. Now, you told me something I know nothing about, but I'm going to drop my piece of trivia before you drop yours. Um, did that mall look familiar to you at all?
0: Yes, I could not. It's uh, Shoot.
1: Okay, I'm going to let you... Oh, wait, wait. It, it's, no, it, tell me. No, you don't know? Okay, so it was filmed in the Sherman Oaks Galleria. That is the same mall used Fast times. in 1985's commando
0: oh not fast times I,
1: uh, fast. I don't know it might have been a fast time, but when i saw commando because it yeah. looks so familiar to me and i'm like even that that whole elevator sequence yes I'm like why does that elevator look so familiar and then i was reading through it and it's the same mall and and i guess um commando in this film were filmed around the same time i don't <laughs> know if on top of each other or back to back but um yeah i mean arnold schwarzenegger's running through that mall <laughs> um and, could you imagine if they like you know
0: Commando versus chopping mall? Would Ugh. that not have been one of the best crossovers ever?
1: Can I change my answer on um, sequels I, <laughs> <Chopping> <laughs> I want sequel to see? Chopping mall sequel or commando? Yes, I want to see, you know, Dutch or no, that was Predator, whatever his Predator. name was in Commando go up against a kill bot, like an army of yeah, killbots.
0: You want to see Mr. Commando go against
1: Yes. Yeah, I forget his name. God, what
0: is yeah, that I don't know, like, but that's whatever. my
1: answer. Um <laughs> Okay. Yeah, forget forget uh forget Big Trouble in Little China and Last Dragon. I want commando versus chopping mall what what was your p you told me this earlier and i had no idea filmed on 16 millimeter that's amazing because it looks fantastic on blu-ray
0: it does it actually and that's one of the things that you notice when things are kind of upgraded to like a higher resolution um and even this would actually kind of I upscale to 4k pretty well because film always does better. Analog always does better than basically digital. Yeah. Um, the way they have to film it. Um, you know, that, that 16 is always going to look better because there's a lot of compression with digital. And I think they can only 2k is actually kind of the only, I, I want to say like the best they can really do, but then they kind of upscale it to 4k and you can always kind of tell. So, um, film is always going to look better yeah um, the, i missed the days of film
1: the only disadvantage to watching this on blu-ray um because i think i own this on dvd too um but if, some
0: of the it, some of the the uh effects were supposed to be for high res is that what you're gonna say well no
1: the effect I, there's i think the effects look good but the guys that are doing the effects that are in frame <laughs> they're <laughs> not the, the people universe, <laughs> i yeah. mean we'll talk about this in a little bit in detail but that was half the fun is watching a sequence and going Oh, who's that guy laying on the background with a remote control? Like, obviously, he's controlling one of the kill bots. But um, this film looks so good that you end up seeing some of the magic happening behind the scenes, right? So, uh, Magic. I I like that. Yeah. You know, you'll see the mannequins that are supposed to be the people, not just the mannequins. Um,
0: There's one really noticeable at the end of the film. Yes. Uh, We'll get to it.
1: You'll see the stunt doubles. I mean, it's... It's not as bad as that scene in Spaceballs, Spaceballs yeah. <laughs> when the guy turns around and is in the dress with the mustache, but um, it's it's almost it's, there. Like the guy doesn't have a mustache, there. but you yeah. know it's not you know Kelly. Well, I take that back. I mean, one of the stories um, when you uh, go through the behind the scenes, apparently people got hurt. Yeah, Kelly Maroney did all, just about all of her own stunts, and um, this entire cast did a lot of their stunts. There were some things they didn't do. Uh, but it, it it was crazy how many shots they were able to get because you know the actors were especially Kelly Maroney was just was in it and said, "Yep, I'm going to do all this stuff." Um, but the things where it's not her or somebody else, it's it's very obvious. Are you ready to talk about this film?
0: Let's talk about this film, Troy.
1: Yeah, and full disclosure, um, this is not your children of men. Get into the politics of you know, Dawn of the Dead's a great example of. You can appreciate that thing from a from a zombie film or a horror film, and then hear you know um, the characters speak their dialogue or the setup, and go, oh yeah, that's Romero talking about capitalism or consumerism or anything of that nature. This is not going for any of that. It's a Roger Corman production. Um, I do think it is a comedy horror film um, yes. through and through. It's very referential, um, but yeah, I mean let's talk about chopping mall. I mean, it's i it, it, I'm going to start with you. Cause this was your pick. Um, where would, wh- what would you like to start with, with this gem?
0: I would like to start off by saying how much security does a mall need to where they, um, have to employ two full-time scientists. Yes. Um, and, um, keep them on payroll. Um, that seems like that might be expensive. Um, So the whole premise of this movie is um, there are bad guys out there who want to steal stuff from the mall. So we are going to sell them these three protector bots, uh, one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. And they're going to patrol the mall at night. And um, so also, Troy, they also have what I would like to call blast doors um, installed as well. Yeah. Which... Seems like that might keep some bad guys out, too, having Star Wars-esque blast doors. Um, that locks that everybody enough. in. Yeah, but apparently yep. that's not enough. They need these robots that um, will patrol the mall. Now, Troy, we all know what it takes to turn anything evil, and what is that? Lightning. Getting struck by lightning. Yep. So the supercomputer that is also required uh, for these uh, robots to function... Um get struck by lightning. Yeah, but Brad, um, if you're
1: building a supercomputer, right? And it's yes. gonna control these robots, you would put that supercomputer inside in probably a well ventilated place, cool cooled and everything else, right? That that would be the optimal place. Maybe in the basement, maybe is that where yeah. what
0: you would do? Yes, because I from everything I've learned from IT people I know, uh computers need like to be very cool and they uh-huh. put off a lot of heat and moisture is bad um yeah well but so,
1: they put it on the roof
0: yeah i know i know
1: <laughs> outside
0: you know um uh, it's a special computer troy it's it's built for outside okay come on
1: well you put know head out your ass <laughs> <laughs> i guess i just i i was thinking all right <laughs> what kind of burglars were you expecting at the mall When um, you equip robots with plastic explosives, then, yeah, because, I mean, they, they shoot out little gel so that they can trigger it and blow the blast doors off. And I know folks are listening to this and going, this is ridiculous. Like, I know 86 was, you know, the decade of excess, but why would you have scientists and have three robots with lasers and plastic explosives and all of this technology? But if you think about it, Um, this, this is a great, it, it kind of is a great sequel, um, to Commando because if Commando was filmed in 85 a year before, and if you're watching Commando first from a story perspective and you see what they do to that mall and what Schwarzenegger and all those, I mean, they tear that place up. Um, he's throwing the security guards around. I mean, just fair point. Yeah. Those security guards in Commando are so ineffective. (laughs) <laughs> so if if you own that mall and you see that type of rampant destruction and you see somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger going through your mall and tearing it up, what would you do, Brad? If if I were a business owner, <laughs> I would go find scientists.
0: And you're leasing a, and you're leasing a a space in my mall. You're going to demand that hey, you need to protect my business.
1: Exactly. And after, after I own a
0: sporting sp- goods store.
1: Yeah. If Schwarzenegger is running around just tearing everything up and you're going to lose clients, you're going to lose stores, foot traffic, everything else. Of course, you're going to yeah. do this.
0: Now, I will also say, growing up, I loved the mall, and that's another thing why I I love this movie. I love going to the mall, going to the arcade at the mall. When I was growing up, that was like the funnest thing to do, so I miss mall culture, because it's gone now, A, because it's 2020, but B, like Amazon pretty much killed any sort of retail stuff, but I miss the mall, Troy.
1: I I do, too. What's funny is I I watched this um, with my good friend, Kevin. Um, He was in town, and... Uh, we, we watched Chopping Mall and he made the comment that half of the time of watching this film, he, he was looking at the stores in the mall. He's like, oh, there's the B Dalton bookseller. (laughs) When We used to go to that in Wichita, Kansas at town East or town West. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the fun of the film. Um, the other thing is the, uh, the technology in it is just awesome. Um, the robots have lasers um, and the great thing about the lasers is it's '80s lasers. Like there's yeah. nothing. GI Joe lasers. It's GI Joe lasers specifically. Nothing beats '80 lasers. And the robots could not hit anything with the lasers, just like Cobra, right? And GI Joe, just lasers flying all yeah. over, right? And stormtroopers. stormtroopers. <clears throat> um. Well, what what had the better lasers, Star Wars or GI Joe? I know my, my picks is G.I. Joe. Uh, G.I.
0: Joe's were really long. I, I know, bright. They were like a laser laser.
1: Yeah, I, just better spectacle. Um, but I mean, you were okay as long as you didn't get hit in the head. I mean, you know, those lasers hit you in the butt or the leg, you know, leg kind of yeah. wound you a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, scrape you. But um, just don't get hit in the head with it um, or your head's going to explode. Or your head is laser. a
0: watermelon and it just explodes. Can we can we ta- talk about that? Yes, yes. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Can we can we talk about That's that That's the best scene? death scene in pretty much any movie I've ever
1: seen. Um, is it the best head explosion scene in any film? Because the only other film I can think of that comes close might be Scanners.
0: Oh, yeah, that Scanners one is really good. But this one is literally out of nowhere. Because up until that point, it's pretty tame. Yes. Um, Bubblegum chewing guy. Gets it Well, the first death is pretty good. The janitor, because you get to see his... Dick Miller. His, yep. He gets his skeleton shown because uh gets electrocuted. I love a good... I'm getting electrocuted and my skeleton kind of flashes. You know yeah, what I'm saying?
1: He, I mean, he had a good pyrotechnics coming out of yeah. his body and stuff like that, but you get that yep. superimposed skeleton image. Love it. Love it. It's fantastic. You're right. It, it's, it is a very tame kind of cheesy. Even... Um, is it Mike? The bubble chewing Mike? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that guy... I've never seen anybody chew gum like that guy. Um, you hate that character just simply based on how he chews gum all the time. And you
0: can hear him chew the gum, which is so annoying. It's like he
1: puts everything he's got into chewing gum. Like so that's exactly you
0: know he, he improv that right. Like that was he wanted that to be his character's like main trait. He improv the hell he out s- of it then. Yeah, every time you see him, you want him you want Ooh. to know it's him because he's chewing gum. You you know so, he's
1: there because you can hear him chewing gum.
0: So what I noticed this time with his death is do you know that he is trying to escape the mall through a fire like a emergency exit?
1: Oh no, I didn't know that.
0: And the doors are locked, which is like therefore a fire hazard which, you know, you can't have. I know the mall's locked, but it's weird that like it's a fire escape but he can't escape cuz it's locked.
1: Well, is... I I just love like uh, <laughs> and I, I I guess you don't appreciate things or you just from a technology standpoint.
0: Are you going to talk about the cigarette vending he's machine? He's going
1: to a cigarette vending machine and he's complaining that it's a buck and a quarter and right behind him is a payphone. Um and just that whole sequence sums up like w- 1986? What, yeah, it was 1986. That's that's yeah. how things happen.
0: You could kids you could literally walk up to a machine. Yeah. Um, put in a dollar 25, pull a little lever and cigarettes would fall out like a bag of Doritos. Yeah, you didn't get carded, yeah. nothing. Just nope.
1: Buck 25, you got cigarettes. <laughs>
0: Enjoy your cancer. It's <laughs> crazy. Yep.
1: Um this uh, yeah, I mean That sequence, um, I think, how Barbara Crampton dies um, with the fire. I mean, the stunt work in this, for uh, I guess it's a smaller budget film, is really good. They pull off some pretty good action sequences. There's a lot
0: of explosions that I appreciate. Um, Very and everything's practical because it's '86, so obviously they're not CGIing anything. But you know, it, it it has that charm to it where you know we're gonna have a head and then it's gonna just become a watermelon and explode. Um, and like I said, I watched this with my wife. We're still <laughs> married by the way. Um, oh, good. <laughs> um, after seeing that. And um, that was the first time she went, Oh, this is just it's like, it kind of caught her off guard. And I'm like, right, right. It's so awesome. And she didn't really enjoy it as much as I did, but I think that's such a good death. It's so fun. It's just like, all of a sudden, the bad part is, is then her body's laying on the ground, and you could obviously see her head is still on her body, but the mannequin. Whatever. Yeah, it's got the hair. Yeah, so like if your head explodes, you don't have hair anymore. So it you don't have um,
1: head. and and what's interesting is I I went to the uh, the special features on the Blu-ray, <laughs> and they have a conversation with the editor, and she was talking about putting that um, sequence together because editing with the laser and the explosion. I mean, the thing about that sequence from a practical effects standpoint and also also from an editing, it's done so well. Like you said, it comes out of nowhere um, and it looks so, I don't want to say realistic because it is sort of a watermelon blowing out, but yeah. you, you don't see the wire. I mean, it the way they, they do it, it just looks like a watermelon head exploding. It, it is gruesome. It is the most gruesome part of the film. Um, but... I, I don't know the editing and the pace and how it pops up. It, it just it takes it takes you off guard if you've never seen this film before. Yeah, and, and as many times as I've seen it, it it always just comes out of nowhere. Um, and and like I said, it's uh, I I just applaud how they did it. And and I would agree. I mean, I outside of Scanners, I think it's I think it's the best head exploding scene in in film history done in 1986. They just can't yeah. top it.
0: Now, okay, so. We went from janitor dying to uh, gum guy dying, and then head explosion. We forgot the weirdest part of this movie. If we're going in chronological order, it's the furniture like uh, sex part, which is really weird. So
1: that's the that's the pervy part. There's
0: four couples in this movie. Obviously, you have your two your two virgins. Um, you have the weird married couple that you're like, why are you guys going to have sex in a mall? Like, go home. Go home. <laughs> I don't know either. Because um, I don't know how old these people are supposed to be because you have the married couple who are who is obviously friends They
1: with... l- they're, They look like they're in their 20s or 30s trying to portray yeah. like teenagers, but yeah. they're not teenagers. So, I don't know what I, they I are.
0: Don't, I don't know. But um, literally, there is three couples having sex within, I don't know, 10 to 12 feet of each other.
1: You can hear everything going on. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. three couples doing that and one couple watching... Uh, a crab monster movie.
0: Yeah, Attack of the Crab Monsters or something like that. Maybe okay. that
1: drowned out the noise. I don't know.
0: You have the whole entire mall to your disposal. Go somewhere else. Just go somewhere else. I
1: I guess. I don't know. I. The thing I learned is the next time I buy furniture, I'm taking a blacklight to it. Um, Oh, yeah, (laughs) because that's I mean, uh, I'm not I mean, I don't plan on buying furniture anytime soon. But now when I walk anymore, yeah, if I walk into an Ashley furniture store or something like that, it'd be like, um, can I borrow your blacklight real quick? When's the last time your employees did a lock in party? Um, Yeah. But yeah, that that is a weird scene. And um, again, from an editing perspective, she uh, talks about that whole sequence when the robots come into there, start blowing things up um and it's you know just maybe 20 feet between the entrance to that door but the way they edit it and all the action and everything that happens you think it's just this huge um showroom and it's really yeah. not yeah. um because if if you're looking at it just as they're going through the um the camera's panning and you get to see all of the three couples going um at it and then you get to the couple that's watching TV it is maybe what do you think Brad like 15 feet from the yeah, first it's one like- to the end, yeah, to the last one, yeah. But when those robots come in, it feels like it's fifty or sixty feet to get to the back door, and everything's blowing up. So again, the magic of editing—it's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: they ganned off it a little bit. You know, they make it look, uh, you know, way bigger than it really is. Yeah, so, all about perspective.
1: Um, and that leads. Okay, our... sorry,
0: I just wanted to because you can't forget. <laughs> I mean, that's no, like a part of the film that is just like, okay, it's really unnecessary. I know. Well, there's so many –
1: this this film, if you've never seen it – It's like the boob
0: comedy part of this film, and it's like, "Eh, do we need
1: that? uh, Do we need it? Yeah, it's it's weird. Well, you get that whole line, too, where you smell like pepperoni, and then she gets offended, and he says, I like pepperoni. I mean, that's the kind of dialogue you're getting in this film. Um, And And that's
0: what turns her on. She likes to be – Apparently, smell like a pepperoni, and someone say, "No, I like that," and that's what gets her there. So. That's not
1: my favorite line of dialogue. It. Do you have a favorite line of dialogue? My favorite line of dialogue is coming up as soon as the robots take over the furniture store and they escape. They kind of split. with The guys go do their thing. Girls go do their thing. My favorite line of dialogue of the whole movie comes up. What is that? Um, we're gonna send them a Rambo. Oh, a Rambo Graham. Yes, yes. I love that. <clears throat> Uh, which, yeah, what's a rainbow, Graham? Uh, it's a lot of kick-ass, man, with shotguns Apparently. and machine guns. Um, and, you know, again, say what you will about this film. It would have been very easy to turn this into a typical slasher film. Killer robots just, you know, chasing teenagers or young 20s around the mall. Um, but I actually think they do something kind of smart. They, uh, <laughs> The guys go and get armed and are starting to fight back against the robots um and it becomes a little bit of a you know, an eighties action film, um, which which adds to its charm, I think. Yeah. Um, and if you want to know how self referential this film is, all you have to do is look at the stores because the the hunting store or the sporting goods store they go to is um Peck and Paw's uh, sports. Which hey, is a, did you get it? Yeah, reference Sam Peck and Paw there. Yeah. Um, little Shop of Pets, obviously from yes. um Corman's Little Shop of Horrors, but uh, even even Mike, the bubble chewing gum guy, before he dies, when you know the robot comes up to him, he does a little, uh, was it Day the Earth Stood Still line? The Vratu, to I can't oh. remember the line. But that that's the thing about the film. There's so many of these little science fiction um, references or filmmaker references all, all kind of sprinkled throughout, um, which again makes it, you know, you, you can watch the killer robots. You can see what 80 shopping was. Because um, it was cool just seeing all the stores or you can pick up on all the film references.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So girl head, 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 her head explodes. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Her head explodes. Um, and uh, bubble chewing guy is dead. Yes. What's the next death?
1: Um, girl on fire. I thought it was the girl on fire. Yes. Barbara Crampton. The- <laughs> Cause, yeah, well, so she the- gets lasered in the leg. Yes, and then falls. But her leg down. doesn't explode. It like doesn't explode. Head. Well, because it's it's a laser to the leg, Brad. Only only things to the head explode.
0: Sorry. Um. So yeah. So the girls think it's a good idea to take gasoline cans and they call them Molotov cocktails, but that's not what a Molotov cocktail. Which is. I
1: got to ask you something real quick. Um. I don't. Re- did they? Did they sell gasoline in the hardware stores and cans?
0: They can't. They can't. That in the be mall. So you can't have even can't in the eighties. You can't sell gasoline in like an enclosed space. That's like the worst thing. But they did at this mall. Yes, they did. Lots of it too. Um, next to like a paint store, which apparently paint is very flammable.
1: Um, Yes. Um. It was. It was interesting what you could buy at this mall.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Like a you know they machine guns AK forty seven Uzis whatever whatever you want man yeah an M sixteen M sixteen I think yeah um but yeah so. Essentially, they throw it at this robot, um, and it, you know, basically drives right through it. It doesn't do anything, and then the girl just catches on fire because she's holding one of the things. And boy, it is a person in a fire suit, but again, they're on fire.
1: Practical effects, man. It it looks dangerous. Did it you looks...
0: see that? Like they, that's the part where they had to edit quite a bit because uh, if not, it was going to get a an X rating. Yeah, um, I don't know of how. You know, you always hear those stories like, "Oh, we had to edit because it was going to get an X rating." You're like, "Really? Where were you?"
1: Well, but- it's crazy when I heard that story right after you see the big head explosing thing with the laser. Yeah, but yeah, it's
0: like, I, that's okay. But I, mean, I guess you know, I don't. Being I don't under understand ratings more agonizing. I guess. Yeah. Maybe
1: no. That's um, and then from there you kind of get into um, again the film. What I, what I enjoy about it is you get the sequences of how people, the, the robots end up sort of taking people out. Um, it's interesting. It, it's, I think, unexpected because even the things that follow that one are really the the couple, right? So the one lady gets lasered after like uh, the robot sends 100,000 lasers out, <laughs> finally hits her with one, and then her husband... Um, the mechanic goes nuts. And this is my, this is probably my favorite <laughs> death scene. He um, jumps in one of those little, are, are they like utility golf cart things? In yeah, the mall? it's like a
0: Paul Blart kind of mall cop yeah, mobile. Yeah.
1: Which is maybe 10 feet away, if that. And decides to go one mile per hour while firing his M sixteen at the robot. He's five feet.
0: He gets in it at five feet from this robot, so there's no way he's gonna like get enough speed to actually do anything. Yes, but,
1: but he rams into it and it blows up. That's that was epic. Um, and
0: then you yeah, just... he gets electrocuted. Um, and that's where you see the man. And then the robot explodes. Yes, and that's where you have the mannequin laying next to the exploding robot because. That would have been real dangerous.
1: Well, I got confused there for a second because leading up to that scene, they try and trick the robots with mannequins, yeah. and hide you know next to them or behind them. And as the robots are shooting lasers, and they're missing they the, the mannequins, yeah. Oh yeah, the the mirror hits uh, the laser hits the mirror, which goes back to the robot. Um, as soon as it blows up, and you see the mannequin next to the explosion. It took me a minute. I was like, oh, is that one of the mannequins or is that that guy? <laughs> no, no, it's, oh, no, no, that's that guy. <laughs> I see the M16.
0: <clears throat> uh, but we skipped over my favorite line of dialogue. Sorry, I had to look it up because I want to make sure I get it correct. Oh, okay. and I'm probably going to do it a little bit better acting. It, it can't beat Rambo. Graham. Linda.
1: It can't beat uh, Rambo. Graham.
0: says, I'm sorry. It's not you, Ferdy. I guess I'm just not used to running around a shopping mall in the middle of the night being chased by killer robots.
1: That's some good dialogue, man.
0: That's some great dialogue. <laughs> that
1: is some fantastic. That's how good of an actress she was. She was. Cause I, I, mean,
0: I, I, I hate that, you know,
1: I sold she's I, no longer with us, but I know, but she sold it, man. Yeah, I guess. They even talk about that in the extras, um, about how, I mean, in all seriousness, that line of dialogue is so cheesy, dumb, but how she says it, she sells it and she kind of does. Yeah. You're like, yeah, she makes it work. Um, and they they mentioned that in the uh, behind the scenes documentary, which uh, man, I, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, but so much good stuff on that blu ray if you really yeah, like it's actually this film. Really nice. yeah. Um, yeah, so you get the the scooter thing, then you get the uh, you get some tense moments where i I don't understand the whole splitting up um, at the end. I mean, you're down to um, you know Kelly and uh, Ferdy, Fergie Ferdy, Ferdy. Yeah, F E R D E. Got it. Um, Ferdy and Allison are are the ones left, and they decide to split up. Um, and then you think Ferdy's gone, and it's down to the final girl scenario.
0: So he gets hit in the chest with a fire extinguisher, falls down,
1: bumps his head, hits
0: his head. There is a just gallons of blood like leaking out of the back of his head. Well, you hit remember his head really that, hard. Yeah, remember that for later, though.
1: Heads, okay. well, but, okay, in full continuity, heads are very fragile in this film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they so, are. Yes. It. But we'll get back to that. Okay, continue.
1: No, 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 that's fine. Then you, remember. Get, you get the whole final girl stuff, right? So So yes. um, she takes on the, the last robot, I think, um, and you get a full-on, um, I, it's not really a Rambo montage, but... You do get uh, the paint store, the the explosions, her throwing the have a nice day line back at the robot, this, this fantastic explosion.
0: That's a really nice explosion out of that paint store. Again, maybe paint thinner and paint mixed together. I don't know. I don't know the science behind it. but Well, uh, if
1: they're shooting C4 putty out of their little robot bodies to blow doors off, I believe the explosion. They yeah, were packing I, yeah. some heavy-duty ammo or something in there.
0: Sure. And, sure they were.
1: And then Ferdy pops up, and everything's good, right? Happy ending. He's endings.
0: holding a roll of toilet paper to the back of his head, and there's a little bit of blood on the toilet paper. <laughs> but his head was gushing blood uh, to the point where, I'm sorry, he might have a concussion, some sort least. of brain damage to where he <laughs> like needs to eat from a straw for the rest of his life.
1: Um. Yes, I, I agree. But again, um, man. So what's
0: the next day look like <laughs> when those doors open up? And uh, there is, I think the body count in this movie is 10. There are 10 dead bodies um, and, you know, just heaps of mass destruction everywhere. And yeah, it's going to be, someone's getting sued.
1: Well, again... Chronological order, you know, Schwarzenegger went through the year before, did all that damage. So they upgrade the security. They just renovated <laughs> they everything. They just renovated. They you get They're killer gonna... robots coming through the same mall. Ten people die. The paint store's blown up. I mean, glass everywhere. Nobody's buying that furniture um, with all the blood. <laughs> S- semen and, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't take a black light to it. Um, I, I'm going to guess that that mall closed down.
0: Yeah, I, I'm guessing, or it's called the Ferdy, uh, Ferdy Heights Mall or something like that. <laughs> I she owns know. that place now.
1: Yeah, um, it's or nuts. sorry,
0: not Ferdy. Uh, whatever her name is.
1: Um I, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, it. Well, let me let me ask you, for for an '86 film about killer robots going through the mall and all the stuff that happens with the action and everything else, uh, did it age well or or Did it not age well, but because it didn't age well, it's fun.
0: That one. That one. It's so 80s. It's so trapped in the 80s. Again, malls aren't a thing anymore, but I think that's why I like it because this is 1980s on its sleeve. There's no other way this movie comes out. They don't make movies like this anymore. Um, These like earnest, they were trying to make something that was a little funny, but You know, now it's like, we're going to try to make something like this. Like, and you can see Sharknado, they try too hard. Right. You know, this is something that they made. um, You know, they, they, you know, they weren't trying. I mean, I guess they were trying to make a B movie, but you know, they, the effort isn't there. You know, you don't see them trying so hard now. It's like, so try hard. It just kind of turns you off, you know, like machete. It just seems like they tried really hard, and even like Grindhouse to that point, it's just like okay, like I like it, but they're trying so hard. It need, there needs to be this like natural B movie kind of thing that you're not necessarily going out to do that. Um, and they don't make movie they don't make movies like this anymore, Troy. Uh,
1: they don't. Like, and I, I'll say this: the the thing that elevates this probably over most junk food from the eighties, right? This is, this is eighties horror junk food. Yeah. Um, I, I really think it's the chemistry of the cast. Um, you know, you, you say that line and we kind of laugh at it, but um, even, even the Rambo and stuff like that, that cast sells it. Like I, I buy into it and it, and there's a authenticity, a genuine charm to how they're delivering everything. The, the script is kind of goofy, but it's the cast, and I think the fact that the script itself has some unexpected surprises. It it turns the genre on its head a little bit, and instead of just people trying to run, run away from the robots um, and set traps for it and stuff, they go on a full frontal assault. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's fun. I mean, you just, and they're you just terrible don't shots. That. they're shots. Even horror, the guys with guns. Everybody is, yeah, I, so, It is a G.I. Joe cartoon through yeah, and through. On
0: IMDb, the top five plot keywords – just give me a guess of what you think maybe one of the five of the So if you're gonna search for this film and you're looking at plot keywords, Lasers. what's one? Lasers? Lasers is not. Uh,
1: ro- what's another one? Robots.
0: Okay. Robot kills human. Okay. So here's the here's the top five. All right. <laughs> Person on fire.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Exploding head.
1: Right. Okay. Maul. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Maul. Got it. Uh killer. A robot kills human. Okay? okay. Yeah. And then shopping center.
1: What? Okay. Sure. Yeah. That sums yeah. it up.
0: I know. <laughs> See? Like, okay. <laughs> that's what this movie is. It is person on fire. It is exploding head. It is mall. It is robot kills humans. Like, that's all you need to know. Yes. And if that's something that, you know, you're okay with and you think sounds fun, because it is, then you're on board. Like, again, they don't make movies like this anymore. Like, what's the closest, like, contemporary like this like what is
1: i so tucker and dale is kind of like this a little bit in terms of you get the humor but tucker and dale's smart i mean it's it's a smart script it's yes
0: it's like
1: yeah i don't know i I can't think of anything because i i think today you go for your scares or you go for your horror comedy but you don't necessarily go for charm it is it, I mean, this is just a uh, just a nostalgic, charming little film. I mean, it it's a little bit Stranger's thing. Stranger Things when they were doing their mall season, yeah. except Stranger Things is going for you know it has its comedic moments, but um, it doesn't have tongue firmly in cheek the way this movie does. No,
0: not at all. Yeah, not at all.
1: Um, yeah. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they do. I think um, we were talking about this at one point when we were trying to go through the films to pick um for you know the spooktober and you go back and look at the films that came out in the 80s especially in the horror genre surprisingly like 85 86 87 how many horror movies bombed yeah. um it's crazy and i i feel like in today's environment horror movies just don't bomb um they they make their money back and i i don't know if that's a cyclical thing
0: Well, Blumhouse has made it to the point where it's almost impossible for those movies not to make money because they release them wide, but their budget is $5 million. Right. And I don't know about you, but when I was in my 20s, um, before I was married and all that stuff, like if a horror movie came out in the theater and it looked halfway decent, like I was going to see it. Right. Um, And I think that is kind of, the motto for people now, it's like, okay, like if I go and I get scared for a few minutes and, you know, this and that, like even that fantasy Island, which is a terrible movie, um, uh, from last year, you know, had a small budget, but people wouldn't saw it, you know, and, and, you know, it's terrible, but it made money and, you know.
1: Yeah. But it, I, I mean, I think there's some good stuff that come out of the genre today, but when I look back in the eighties, they seem to really push the boundaries in terms of different ideas and stories and everything else. Now, granted, it had its fair share of remakes and everything else. I mean, what the Blob came out in '86 or '87 around their remake of an old, you know, Steve McQueen film. But even that remake tried to really push the boundaries and the practical effects, and it did something different. Yeah, um, like
0: like films like Maniac Cop. Like they don't make Maniac Cop anymore. They don't make movies like Chud anymore. Right. Um, what is like. I don't know. It's in a night of the creeps, like stuff like that. It's just like all these things that in the eighties we kind of grew up on. Now mine was like going back cause I was, you know, I'm not good being three years old and watching, you know, Night of the creeps or whatever, but you know, it was always fun in middle school um, before DVD and stuff is, you know, renting stuff. And when you had friends over, automatically went to the horror section because yes. like, that's what you were going to do. You're going to and, get and freaked you pick, out. Or... Yeah.
1: You picked your movies off of the cover. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. If, and... if the cover looked awesome, that's what you were, you were like, well, we're taking it. And you know, half the time they're just dumb movies.
0: Yeah. But you were hoping that a, you are going to see some gore and you might see, you know, some nudity here and there. Um, and you're 12 years old and you're like, okay, this is awesome. Um, yeah. And, and that kind of genre, it's just sadly not there anymore. And I guess like would this like film, if it did come out now, I feel like it would be like, a cause this plot is so thin. This would be like the second part of an anthology film. Now Like, it would just be like, okay, our wraparound film is this. And you know, what is that VHS? Like VHS five has this mall, you know, chopping mall esque, Part where you know killer robots are in the mall and it's twelve minutes long, not you know seventy. I don't know. I I
1: feel like something like Shudder could take this idea and and make it into a good feature. But um, no, I I mean I don't want to sound like like two old guys sitting here going ah oh, the eighties they were the yeah. best. <laughs> Nobody I mean, makes movies like the eighties anymore.
0: There's a re. I mean, okay, like I'm not. I say I think now horror movies are probably scarier now um well minus like the exorcist um i think now i feel like they're at a point where horror movies can be pretty scary like um even like hereditary is just like the psychological horror film that you know is, is is freaky um you know they weren't doing heredity back in the 80s hereditary sorry um
1: I, you know, I, it's just I a think if they might have. I I don't know. It's just your audience changes, right? I mean, the horror yeah. movies in the seventies versus the eighties, nineties, you know, two thousands to today. Every decade has has a different audience taste. Um, there's a little bit of nostalgia that bre- you know bleeds through each decade, and there's a resurgence all the time. Um, everybody's trying to bring something back, but. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, if, if the point or the question is, would, would Chopping Mall make a good movie today? I, I don't think so. Um, unless you did something, you know, incredibly different with it. I think part of the fun of watching this film is taking in all the eighties. Yeah. Th- there's only one part that every time I see it, it just takes me off guard. Like, um, and I, Oh, I just always forget about it and it happens right at the beginning. And I think it, for most people, it's like, whoa, what am I watching? It's a red flag. But when they're introducing the robots, and it's just the most its the most uncomfortable line.
0: Oh, the uh, ethnic one?
1: Yeah, when when um, you really feel like you're in trouble yeah. <laughs> at the start of the film when the one guy goes, oh, the one in the middle has an unpleasant ethnic quality. You're like, whoa, yeah. hold on here. <laughs> That's just, no, not at all. Um, hey, so
0: that was one of my questions I had. Like, do you think the beginning of that movie was they had to go back and, and do that part to kind of introduce the robots. Cause it feels completely different than the rest of the movie. Like it has this weird quality to it, to where it's like, Oh, we need to like introduce these robots in a way to where people will just believe that they kind of stalk them all. I, I don't because know. It, None of those characters come back. Um, well, they were supposed except to. Except for the – well, the father, I believe, stands up and says, like, how do we know – how do the robots going to know who's a good guy and who's a bad guy? Yes. You almost think, like, they're going to, like, make another racial joke or something, but they don't. You're like, okay, good.
1: Yeah, that, but, that, yeah. that beginning's a little – but the beginning tries to go for full comedy because as they're going through the credit sequence and you're getting the score, you get to see elements of, of the the whole mall. Um, and they're, they're trying to do some slapstick comedy, you know, with the woman in the tray of all the Coke and pizza and spills it at the end. And yeah, I mean, I think it sets the tone up for don't take this too seriously. I think the comedy, like that line, it's like, Nope, that, that doesn't work. It didn't yeah. work for me. It didn't work back then. It definitely doesn't work now.
0: I hope that guy didn't ad lib that line. Or uh, like that. Well, I think
1: they did. I think those, oh, those God. two, um, if I remember reading it correctly, um, they ad libbed most of their dialogue. And there was a whole, and I don't know if you watched this on the Blu-ray, there was a whole script sequence that was supposed to involve those two. Get this. Um, there was supposed to be a scene. I don't think they ever shot it. But those two were sneaking a horse into horse, the mall yeah. um, for their restaurant because they were going to grind it up and sell and all it. the meat out. And the robots kill them. Um, Which
0: would I would have liked to see those two people die. Uh, me too. Um, you know,
1: that, but... That. <laughs>
0: Like the Godfather esque horse death in that movie, like I don't know, yeah, don't need that. Um,
1: um, like I said, if you, you get through the first few moments, the, the the first part of this film up through the credit sequence, I I do think anybody who watches this now would kind of go, "What are Brad and Troy recommending?" Yeah, um, but you got to get through it because once you get um, the the main cast in there, they introduce them in. You know, really, you get Kelly Maroney. She's fantastic in this. Um, and, and even Tony O'Dell. I mean, those are your two lead characters. That's when the movie kind of finds its pace, finds its yeah. charm. And, and like I said, that's what elevates this film. It's that cast takes sort of a pedestrian, goofy script, elevates it. And then even the script makes some choices that you don't expect for this type of film. Um, but you can go on and on and just it, you can have a blast with this film uh, kind of saying, hey, in the eighties, did all the chefs like smoke cigarettes over the food? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's all these things where you're like, wow, did, did that really go on back then? Um, I, I guess I don't know. I mean, the, the fact that they had a, now I got to ask you this, Brad. They did they have a locker room or something attached yeah, to had, the restaurant or I was that asked, part of the?
0: I've asked many of people. Do you ever remember a mall having a locker room? I
1: think like- there was a fitness center in the mall because I remember seeing yeah. that. But the way they cut it and splice it, they're getting off work, and it makes you think that there's a shower and locker room at the mall restaurant. I yeah. don't think that's supposed to be the way it is. But um, no, I just uh, – <laughs> this this film, it it's cheesy. It's goofy. It is an 80s time capsule, but uh, it it's fun, man.
0: So you brought up one thing that I want to talk about before we're, we're done. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the soundtrack.
1: Yes. Um, it's actually
0: really good. It's <laughs> actually got some really cool 80s kind of electric.
1: Chuck I mean, Sereno.
0: Yeah, it's actually really, really good. I, I, I dig it a lot. I dig that theme. Um, it's it's yeah. all
1: synthesizers w- with robotics. I mean – it, it's very original. It's very cool. It plays throughout the whole thing. I mean, you, you hear it in the opening sequence, but it shows up um, through all the dramatic elements. Um, I, I do really dig that original score. And again, since uh, I feel like I'm just promoting the heck out of this Blu-ray, if you get it, you get an isolated score track um, mm-hmm. with it as well. So if you just want to listen to the to the Chopping Mall score, it's on the Blu-ray.
0: So do you have this on vinyl, Troy? Do you have the soundtrack on? Vinyl?
1: No, I don't. Um oh. I if the, if it's on vinyl I, I I'd probably buy it. I don't know. Um,
0: it actually is um, Oh, really? <laughs> it's actually really really. I have it. It's uh Waxworks put it out. It's really pretty spectacular. So
1: Did did yeah. you get through all the special features on? I, I got through just almost all of them. I got yeah. I didn't get to the I, commentaries. Um but no, I No, I wasn't There's, there's three comment three sets of commentaries on here. The one that interests me is the historians and authors nathaniel thompson from mondo video and ryan turek from shock till you drop do a whole commentary but they have cast crew writer director um man there's so there's so many good things on this thing what a great release
0: Uh, yeah i think the i think that little blu-ray is nice um and like again it it actually looks halfway decent so
1: for a 16 um, millimeter film heck yeah it does yeah time for the question is it all right brad this is your pick, so I'm going to ask you, is is Chopping Mall, is it a bomb?
0: Uh, it is not a bomb. Yes, and, and
1: correct. I,
0: look, Troy, this movie is so much fun. <laughs> it is. Um, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. But it's actually got a little bit of charm to it. And, again... You're in and out in less than 80 minutes. So I know I'm breaking my rule where I'm saying that nothing under 88 minutes can be any good. But Yeah, you shouldn't have a- thrown
1: that rule out so yeah, early in the game there.
0: But it, it's fun. Um, you know, this is one of those movies that I will probably watch almost every year during October just to kind of let it wash over me a little bit and see that head explode every time because it's so great. It's so great. That head exploding is so good. I love it. <laughs> I feel I mean, like that's people are judging us admission.
1: so poor. I mean, they're just, yeah. they, we're horrible people. But I, it but is so much fun.
0: That's what horror movies are, man. It's yes. like, okay, how scary are the scares? What are the deaths like? You know? Yep. Like we always talk, you know, that always, you know, one of my favorite death scenes in any movie is when, uh, I think it's Friday the 13th part, I don't know which one it is, but he takes the girl that's sleeping in the sleeping bag and just beats her against a tree. And you're like, okay, wasn't um, that
1: Jason X? Like when he was out of space, out in outer space, they're doing the yeah, they're doing the the camp simulator, and um, so takes the lady in the sleeping bag and is just bopping her up against a tree or something.
0: But yeah, you know, and, and so so yeah, this movie is ridiculous, but it's also fun, and you know, you're introduced to like eight of these you know, kind of disposable people. And, you know, one of them is getting out at maybe two, but there's going to be a pretty decent body count. And there is. So not a bomb, Troy.
1: I agree hundred percent. Not a bomb. I, I think, I think you pegged it. it there's a charm to this thing um, that is infectious and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I would encourage you. Well, even if you don't have a group of people, like-minded people that can sit down and enjoy this and, and laugh at it, but um, really appreciate it. I I think it's it's a great solo viewing too. Um, yeah. And it's, what's funny is I've gone back and watched different segments of this film, and then ended up like watching half of it through and through again. But I should have just sat down and just watched it all again.
0: Yeah, I think you can skip that first part. To uh, be honest.
1: Yeah, you get you get through the credits. Like I said, that's the only bumpy part. Just get through the credits, and once you get the main cast on there, the rest of it is fantastic.
0: Yeah. Then you literally have like. 66 minutes left <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: uh that's true no it's 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 a little piece of 80s charm um it's a fantastic way to I think kick off spooktober um and like I said when when the month is over and we sit back and and look at all the films we talked about I mean this is definitely I think going to be the most fun of all the movies we're gonna pick in my opinion because it's just it's a blast it, it's your horror comedy um, pick for spooktober
0: all right Troy yes so let's can we break the fourth wall just a little bit go ahead sometimes when Troy and I pick films it's not really a surprise right um, because we have to do some planning we have a whole list yeah and uh, you and I are dumb we're dumb Troy yeah we are like we like to have physical stuff yes Um, and when I watch something and I don't know about you, but with me, it's like, okay, I have a really nice setup in my basement to watch movies. I'm going to do that. And I like to put in a disc and I like to boot up my projector. And I like, to, I just like that feeling. Um, well, in, so I like to in full things. disclosure,
1: you and I both, um, the other thing that uh, going back to how we met, we are both like um, tech heads home theater, uh, junkies. Um, I, I have a full Atmos setup in my basement, installed it. Um, I, it's, you know, 75 inch TV, 4k. I, I mean, a couple of rows. I mean, we, I tried to create a small movie theater. Um, the, the subwoofer that I'm using is the size of a, it's an SVS subwoofer. So it's the size of a small, you know, um, it's, garbage can <laughs> yeah it is it looks I, I don't know it looks like a water heater um yeah. my wife complains about it all the time um and you have the same you know set, i used to have a projector set up but you have a projector yeah. set up now yeah yeah um but yeah we we are both of you know streaming's great streaming we, we have all the streaming services but you and i are both collectors and and yep. nothing beats still in my opinion a good Blu-ray or 4K disc with, you know, Atmos soundtrack or DTSX or 7.1. And and that's how we like to watch our stuff.
0: Yeah. So there there are times when it's like, okay, we need to buy this and Mm -hmm. make sure we have it on time and stuff. But genuinely this time I have no idea what you're picking. So when I hear you pick, I am going to be genuinely surprised as opposed to fake surprise. Uh, So just like, yeah, a little behind the scenes there. Um, So Troy, yes. Hit me with your, pick for next week
1: so we had so many good suggestions um coming in um one of them which I I don't think I'm going to do this month but I thought it was fantastic you actually already mentioned it with Night of the creeps um and and there were so many good suggestions that came in um from you know a lot of different listeners and we have a pretty extensive list like what I what I love about our list and like you said Brad we we tend to share Hey, I'm I'm thinking about these three or four movies. What do you think? Da, da da We go back and forth. Um, when you when you were talking about Chopping Mall, I'm like, oh, he's joking. He's not gonna do Chopping Mall. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking, and then you go, well, I'm gonna pick Chopping Mall. So I was all excited. I was going through that list. Um, and I was also going back and looking at some of the older episodes we did with um movie matchup pretension. And one of my favorite episodes really involved me trying to introduce you into something and you just absolutely having a field day and like nope don't like it i i'm going to put myself out there again and say all right i'm, I'm going to give it another shot and i want to expose you to something i don't know if you've seen it or not um but based on the last time we talked about this director's work you were not a fan But we got to give it another shot, Brad. So this truly was a bomb when it came out. It's another 80s product, so early 80s, about 82. When it came out over here, they cut the heck out of it to the point that the reason why it bombed was the original U.S. version was just incomprehensible. Now, the the original version, when it was released internationally, um, actually made it to the Video Nasties list in the U.K. So you're familiar with that list, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that's the list where the government came out and said, "Hey, if you're a video store and you have this movie, you're going to get arrested and go to jail." Yeah, it's
0: basically like uh, i don't forget like what they call it. It's like paraphernalia in a way.
1: Yeah, but it—it it, you know anybody can read about this, and we'll talk yeah. about this in next week because it's part of this this movie's history. Um, but the whole video nasty stuff. But Brad, one of my favorite directors—I don't think it's one of yours—is um, Dario Argento. And in 82 in the US, they released Unsane. Um, But we're going to tackle the original 1982 version, Tenebrae. Troy? That's a big sigh.
0: Remember at the beginning of this (laughs) episode, we were talking about how you and I were like such good friends. We are good friends. Compatible. Yeah. Yeah. So backstory is I hate Argento more. Hate Argento. Probably any director, like like big time director, like you know. There's
1: but you don't give him a chance.
0: No, I do. I've seen a lot of Argento (laughs) to the point where it's like, no. Um, But okay.
1: Well, so the funny story. I'm glad we started with that feedback. The reason why I went to Horrorhound. The only reason why I was going um, was the Indianapolis, um, and this is how I found out about Horrorhound. I'm a huge Argento fan. And I never knew he came over to the U.S. And the one time he was going to do a convention was in in Indianapolis at the Whorehound. And my plan was go up there, uh, pay the ticket or whatever, meet him, get his autograph, do whatever, tell him how awesome he is, and then go see all my other friends in Indianapolis. Um, heard that he canceled, so Argento was not showing up there. They had other cast and stuff from Suspiria. Etc. So I'm like, well, I'll go up, walk around, be there for an hour or so, and then I dinner plans everything else. But going to Horrorhound, running into Charlie and all these other people, I just stayed the week and uh, the weekend, and rest is history. But that was originally why I was going to Horrorhound was to meet Dario Gento. I did not know that. Yeah. So. Um, I'm glad you didn't
0: tell me that when we first met?
1: <laughs> no, we we've had this discussion over and over again. Probably. Yeah. The the thing of it is the reason why I picked this one because I know you don't like Argento. I I want you to give this one a little bit more of a chance because I would be the I'm you know I'll be the first to tell you that um a lot of his movies that he makes past a certain period are they're almost unwatchable um to a certain degree um you know talk about an artist that went downhill a little bit and we'll talk about that in great length next week. But Tenebrae is very interesting um, because a lot of people think that in terms of his career, he just reached the top with that film. Um, and there's a lot of stuff going on in it. It, it has a lot to talk about. Um, and I think if we're ta- trying to expose as many different people to different subgenres um, within horror specifically for those that just aren't you know, dipping their toes into this – in my opinion, you you can't talk about horror films without talking about somebody like Argento. So love him or hate him. He's part of the conversation and he has influenced so many different filmmakers. Um, and he's been influenced by, you know, some amazing filmmakers like Hitchcock. So, um, I also, somebody helped me with this pick too, Brad. Um, so John, our good friend who's been on the show, we were going through a total list and we were talking about this and And Tenebrae came up, and he's like, oh, yeah, Argento. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Brad hates Argento. Oh, yeah, this movie bombed. Oh, we're talking Argento. So um, if it's okay with you, I'm going to have John come on next week. um, Of course. So that he can uh, talk. Because that was a person that as soon as we were going through this, I was totally surprised John um, had even watched a lot of Argento films. Um, And I should ask, Brad, have you seen this one yet? So funny you should say that. So –
0: When I was at the University of Kentucky, I took a film study class, and this was one of the ones that we could watch. Um, and even back then, in the year of 2006, I decided to pass. So I actually have never seen this movie. Oh, good. Um, I'm really yeah. excited then. Yeah. <clears throat> and for those I've playing... I've seen quite a bit um, because of you. Yes. But uh, no, this is be my first watch.
1: Um, I'm, you s- I'm super said excited. You it's on
0: Shutter, right?
1: Yeah, I was looking around. I couldn't, you know, see for rent or buy in Voodoo. I, I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime. I know it's not on Netflix, but Shudder, anybody who has a Shudder subscription, um, this is on there. And, uh, highly encourage anybody, you know, if, if you really like horror movies, Shudder has everything. And even the stuff that they're releasing now, I mean, talk about international films galore. They, they have tons of stuff. Um, but, um, Tenebry, if you don't own it, Brad, you, you can watch it on Shutter. I'll be watching my Synapse special edition steel case Blu-ray, I think I have, or something. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. Or I can send you the Laserdisc. I have this on Laserdisc. I think, I think that's the first time I saw the the full uncut version, because I, I saw it as insane, and it made no sense to me.
0: Okay. Um, hmm. I'll see what I can do.
1: Okay. I'll cool. get it. Well, um, I guess we should go through all the form. We we did talk about our email address and stuff like that, but why don't, why don't we yes. uh, list that again? So
0: if you have feedback, uh, suggestions for, I think our October and November is pretty much planned out. Um, December we might do something too. So January we'll probably get back to like a non theme sort of deal. Um, but if you want to give us suggestions, cause we are keeping a, a growing list that's, um, Not a bomb podcast at Gmail. No, not a bomb pod at gmail.com. Let's see. Twitter is at not a bomb pod. Same for um, Instagram. And then search for us on Facebook. Um, Not a bomb podcast. You'll find us there. You can like um, again, Troy's daughters do a fantastic job posting things and kind of keeping up with that because I am a grumpy old man and don't like (laughs) social media very much. Um, and yeah. Yeah, reach yeah. out. I mean,
1: the the questions we started the show with were awesome. So uh, Ben, Jeff, right? Yes. Uh, thank you so much. Um, th- th- our favorite part is just meeting new people, interacting with everybody. Um, so if you have suggestions, I, we've had a couple thrown out. I think the most recent one was Firefly, which I thought... Yeah. Was oh, a-
0: no, no, it's not. No, it is not. Oh, no, not. no
1: that's right. No, it is not. Uh, Showgirls was it
0: showgirls was actually suggested to us over facebook i've um, never seen that i have seen very little of it and i believe i was saw it on like tbs one time like it not it TBS. was like, T- it was on like cable or something and i was like what is that you know and that, that's all paul week,
1: Verhoeven, right robocop yes, guy yes wow yeah. that's yeah. interesting well, yeah
0: there's also a sequel because i was what looking to see where you could watch it and actually uh showgirls now is playing on hbo max um but there is a sequel
1: isn't there a documentary out about it now
0: i think so or something like that but so we'll have to add it to the list because we asked people for suggestions and hey we got it someone said let me know when you're doing showgirls and that was all they said i'm like is this guy a pervert
1: (laughs) (laughs) i doubt it well what's funny is um a lot of people that we know uh, they actually rank that as like one of the best bad films they enjoy watching. Yeah. Um, and I do know it has a huge cult following cause I, I know there's that recent documentary. I think it came out this year. Um, so I, I wouldn't be opposed. Uh, I've never seen it. Um, and I'm more interested in films like that when they have a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, and apparently that one is, is, uh, is filled to the brim with a lot of different stories and making of, and the release <sighs> and everything say. else. So that would be an interesting one. Um, yeah, we'll add it to the list. what we come up with, uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, what else we got, Troy?
1: I don't know, man. It, it, chopping mall. Go, go buy it. Um, rent it. Uh, it's easily, you know, accessible and, uh, let us know what you think of it. You know, um, we hope you can add it to your Halloween watch and, uh, we're excited this month to, like I said, introduce you to a bunch of different genres. We're not going to stick. We, we debated, you know, do we just do 80s horror, et cetera. But I think um, Brad and I are picking things that are from a bunch of different decades, uh, you know, a bunch of different subgenres. Um, yeah. And we hope you like it. So and November um, is going to be Turkey Month, right?
0: Yeah. So films that are so good or so bad, they're good. Yep. So it'll, it'll be fun out for that. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, this was Brad. Once again, you knocked it out of the ballpark with this pick, man. It was fantastic. Thanks, man. That was awesome. As a
0: former baseball player, I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> awesome, man. All right, well, folks, if you're listening in the morning or listening in the evening, yeah. thank you so much. We're extremely appreciative, um, and I hope you are having an awesome day. We'll uh, talk to you next week when we jump into some Dario Gento. So have a good morning or evening.
0: Thank you. Have a nice day.